IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our website, pureintellikey.com. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Welcome back, everyone, to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. I'm Mark Stenson. I'm here with my co-host, Kirsten Gouldy. Hi, Mark. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here again this week. Yes, indeed. And you know what, Kirsten? I was going to surprise you with the news. This is episode 75 of IntelliKey Leadership Stories. I came so, all born out of a coffee shop, Mark. It was all, all uh, born out of a coffee shop. That's right. And we said, you know, why don't we do a podcast? All the cool kids are doing it. And that's what we've done. And we've just enjoyed week over week, folks, bringing you these stories of, we've dubbed them IntelliKey leaders because they're really reaching for their soul's potential and their their full human purpose and encouraging others to do the same. And that's what we're going to talk about today on our show with our guest, Claude Silver. Claude, it's so good to see you. Great to be here. I'm now part of the cool kid gang. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for yes. having me. Great. Well, and Claude Silver is the chief heart officer of VaynerX, a modern day. I love this uh, description of a modern day. It's media, it's technology, it's digital marketing, it's talent, all points in between. And Gary Vee and the group at VaynerX are just building an amazing organization. And Claude, your part of it is to really bring the heart to this organization. Give us a little background on how that came about. Yeah, sure will. So I had been at VaynerMedia for about 16 months prior to this role. And during those 16 months, Gary and I would get together and we would call all of the employees hearts. We would call them heartbeats. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't come from the world of HR. We had a very small HR team at the time, but he and his brother AJ seemed to really you know, lean on me for a lot of empathy and a lot of what was going on on the floor and just kind of like my intuitive read on the humans. And one thing led to another. And I told him that I was no longer interested in working in advertising. I had had a wonderful career, had done me very, very well. I was very grateful. Uh, I loved the agency, but I didn't want to do the job. And he said in his most magnificent way, what do you want to do? And I said to him, I only care about people. I only care about the heartbeat of this place. And so some months later, I actually left the company. He called me, we went for breakfast and he said, that's it, you're coming back. You're gonna be chief heart officer. And I said, good, game on. Like, how do we know if I'm successful? And he said, you'll touch every single human and you will infuse the agency with empathy. And five years later, that's my only job description. So okay. good. I have chills and I want to cry because I needed you in my companies <laughs> and that I worked for my, those executives that I was with, they needed you. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. I needed me too back in the day, which, which is why it's so important that this type of job is out there and that we scale this type of vibe, whether or not someone has the title doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. It's who you are, what you do, and do you, do you really have a heart to help? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's really good that you've kind of expanded this definition way beyond HR. I mean, you know, and then after years of talking about work-life balance, uh, we have talent officers and we want to attract talent and attract skills and attract and build diversity and so forth. But what now about bringing your heart to work now more than ever, right? 
Yeah, I mean, we for so long asked people to compartmentalize themselves when they walked through the doors or when they came on screen. We, the employer, were like, eh, don't really want to know about that. Don't really want to know about that part of life. Don't really want to know about that part of your life. And in doing that, I think we really created some very, very thick black and white lines where we expected employees to live in. And the fact is, humans, employees, we don't live within lines. We just don't. And I, I believe as the younger generations now are in the working, the workforce, the younger millennials, certainly the Gen Z is like, they are not gonna take that. They are here, they are loud, they are proud. And they want to come and they wanna talk about their feelings. They wanna talk about their needs. They wanna talk about the growth that they, that they want, that they expect you to provide them with. They wanna talk about the social justice issues that are going on, certainly in this country, certainly around the world. And by no means am I saying that, come on in employees and like, let's pay you a bunch of money and you could just talk about your grievances all day and, and your heartache and what's not working. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, and what, what I believe is come in, we wanna develop you the whole human so that by the way, you're gonna knock your job out of the park and you're gonna go wherever you wanna go, but we want you to thrive as a human being. So it's really a, a holistic way of, I think, growing and developing a human. And you don't have to just be a Gen Z to do it. It's all of us. So I was going to ask, how do you implement and measure and have policies in place so you can have both the performance, so you can reach that potential, but then still allow, because that sounds beyond emotional intelligence. That's almost like a, a human intelligence in a much larger scope. Yeah, I actually, I, in many ways, I, I like the word human intelligence. I've been calling it like relational intelligence in many ways, just because of the five generations and the need to understand how to build relationships. But human intelligence is, is amazing. I mean, you know, the way to scale it is the way that everyone talks about scaling it. I don't have that secret sauce yet. I can't tell you exactly like what we do is different but I can tell you that retention rates are high. I can tell you that word of mouth referrals is how we, you know, is how we prefer obviously to bring people in the building and we do. I can tell you that once a person leaves, probably let's just call it like three out of 10 people that leave voluntarily write Gary and myself to see if they can come back. Like that's mm -hmm. huge. You know, uh, you get less sick days. I mean, now it's a little bit different because we're all at home, right? Um, but more creativity, more innovation. I really definitely believe that who we are as a culture is one that is based around collaboration, certainly psychological safety and belonging. I mean, these are things I talk about ad nauseum, but we need one another. And in order to need one another, you have to be willing to actually say, hey, I don't have all the answers. So, hey, Mark, can you help me with that? Hey, Barbara, can you help me with that? Hey, I wanna show you this. And so it's a real, there's a lot of humility, I would say that goes on in our place. Um, and by no means is it utopia. We are, we're, we're, we're full, of hum, full of human beings and we got good days and bad days. Um, but so th th those are kind of the ways that I measure it right now. Um, you know, putting some data in place and putting some dashboards in place and doing some more employee surveys are gonna help us measure. And I really wanna find that like, why 
why are we great at this? And so when I get that, when I'm able to find that little microchip for you, I'm going to come back and I'll tell you about it. There you go. <laughs> come back to our show first, Wade. That's right. Come back to the show. I'm not competitive. <laughs> we I want said it. first preview, please. First preview. I said it here. I said it here first. I said it here first. But you know, Claude, it's so interesting because, you know, you think about the culture of VaynerX and what, what we read in the news and, you know, follow on social media just from the organization overall and then from Gary V himself. But the speed, the pace, the innovation, the try now, the we're going to get it done, we're going to do it. You know, a technology company, a talent company, NFTs, global expansion. I mean, you know, could I go World domination. <laughs> How does that mesh, though, with, I want you to feel good, I need your, your whole potential here, your whole soul, you know, it's just, it's got to be an interesting clash sometimes, the demands on an individual. I definitely think it is for certain individuals. We are a fast-paced, very fast-moving company. We are Gary is building culture as we speak. You know, what he did yesterday in terms of the NFT and him wanting to launch the new company and everything, like he brought an entire language to a zeitgeist. You know, if you saw it on Twitter or Instagram, he brought his community and then that scale to other people into this world of crypto and NFTs and things that you and I weren't talking about six weeks ago. <laughs> you know, like we just weren't. Um, However, what I will say is for the, the far majority of people that are coming out of university right now, or that are at home and they're hacking Tetris online or they're doing whatever, they are used to being almost like this hacker. It's a, almost like a hacker mentality. The way I also talk about hacker is like tinker. They're used to tinker. They want to tinker with, with a lot of things at one time. You know, you and I might call it multitasking, but it's different, I think, when it's using you know, that, that innovation part of your brain, when it's using the curiosity, inspiration part of your brain, rather than just like, I'm going to multitask because I got to get a lot of shit done right now off mm -hmm. of my plate. That's very different than getting in deep, collaborating with you and saying like, we are going to build, you know, an online auction for NFTs. So to, an to actually answer the question, I would say one out of 50 people that I encounter, the speed is too much. Now we put people through a very intense week long onboarding. Whoever you are, you're a C-suite, you're a copywriter, you're an account executive, you're all gonna sit together in that same orientation class. And we, are, we subject matter experts and, and the, uh, the practitioners in the company are gonna come and share with you how we do things, how we think about things hour after hour after hour. And so you're already getting an idea of like who we are when you actually like, get, you know, you get the Willy Wonka chocolate, you, you, you know, you get the golden ticket. Then you come in to the company and you're like, okay, they are everything they said that they are. And then we walk you through how we do things, how we think about things. things. We ask everyone to go on a 30 day listening tour, talking to different people, talking to different people. Why do you like it here? What is it? What should I know? Who should I talk to? What should I look out for? How do I add value? Those types of things. And so I actually believe so much is so much happens through osmosis. So much, you know, so much learning is happening through osmosis. And also the energy that we bring is one that is not, you know, Gary used to word the I'm sorry, Gary used to use the word hustle a lot. He doesn't use the word hustle anymore. Mm -hmm. This isn't like the, this isn't 2014, hustle your face off. Right. 
right. we're not there anymore. We are literally in a place of like, we want this to be the best career decision that you've ever made. We are going to hold you. We were rooting for you. We want you to win. We're going to give you at-bats, opportunities, growth and development. And what we want from you is your energy, your commitment to showing up every single day in that same type of consistent manner, right? I, what, what, what you show up today, I'd like you to show up that way tomorrow. And it works, you know, I mean, there's a dynamic, there's a dynamic uh, relationship that's formed. So to go back to the question, does it always happen? No, but more often than not, you know, we put, we, we work with people, we get them up to speed, we ask them what we can do to make their lives more efficient, because that's what it, you know, the more efficient you are, I think the, the more time you have to do your hacking and your tinkering. Yes. Mm-hmm. So question for you as well, part of that 2014 culture is we are going to work you until you have nothing left. You're like the dead horse that's sitting in the barn with nothing left and all the energy sources are gone. So innovation and creativity isn't even there. You're just moving like a robot. How does this culture work with ensuring all aspects of the self with the capital S is intact? Home life, body, physicality, which you see executives by 50, heart attacks, broken families, bad health, or just, you know, limited successful relationships. Does this breed for that type of culture if you still have a high energy output? Well, I'm going to go into the answer this way. We have a holistic wellness wheel that we use at work uh, that I created with someone else three years ago. So that would have been 18. And the holistic, uh, the holistic energy wheel covers financial, financial wellness, physical wellness, environmental wellness, home wellness, work wellness. I said physical wellness, a couple other things. And it's, it's my job and other people's job to make sure that we can fulfill on the promise to give you financial advice. We bring in a financial advisor once a quarter. Now, you don't have to go, but we suggest that you sign up. Um, we give you meditation three times a week. I'm sorry, three days a week at the same exact time. It's also recorded. We give you life coaching. Um, we give everyone now that we're home a stipend to buy their own work equipment and whatever you want a stand up desk, get a stand, you want to sit on a ball, sit on a ball. So what, what our promise is, is here's this wheel. I want to take care of you. We want to take care of you so that you can be the best you possibly can be. And we want that best, by the way, to happen at the intermedia. And if it doesn't, okay, you still, we still want you to be in our ecosystem. And that's, you know, and that's really our promise. So but to answer your, 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 your earlier question, which is like hustle, the hustle your face off mentality, people take that very literally, especially when it's coming from someone that they admire or they see on social who is very successful because he hustles his face off. Gary's message, if you actually double click into that when he was saying it is hustle your face off and you have to have patience. Mm. Hustle your face off and you make the decision. You want to go to your son's soccer practice at 5.30 every day? Then you go to your son's, you know, you want your, your hobby is actually work? Then you work. You want to go to a cooking class? You know, it's never been a mandate. You must be like Gary. In fact, when people would come in back in the day, so I've been doing this job for five years, the CHO job. When people would come in and I always ask people like, how did they, um, you know, how'd you find it here? And, uh, how'd you get to us? Oh, I love Gary. I've been following Gary forever, forever, forever. I'm like, cool. 
you know that we work for Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Not Gary V. Very mm. different. Very, very different. So interesting. The cult of personality versus there is an individual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's an yeah. individual that you and I both saw online yesterday at 11 o'clock at line saying like, hey, we weren't able to, I, I, we pushed as hard as we could and I can't do this anymore in the team. Yes. Like that was a real raw, vulnerable individual, human being that felt like he let his community down, but he couldn't let his, his, his team down. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, it shows. Well, Claude, I think we also want to explore your leadership and your style. I mean, it's great to hear about the company and culture and, and your job title and your business card. But what about you? How, how do you manage your own energy wheel and yeah. uh, fulfilling your purpose? Yeah, well, it's a great question, especially because I have a two and a half year old and within the next few weeks, we're going to have another baby. So I've got a lot. Well, there a you lot. go. Yeah, I'm like that duck. You know, I'm, I'm super, you know, what you see is what you get, right? I'm super me. I'm super chill. Uh, I love people. I, I really, I love what I do all day long. And right now I'm also like paddling underneath. I'm like, okay, got to get the nursery set. Got to make sure that I, <laughs> I get this onboarded and that offboarded and like blah, 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 blah. So that's how I'm managing today, <laughs> making sure I eat well, I cook well. You know, I have a posse of friends that I keep, I keep intact with like six friends that are from different parts of my life and different geographies, you know, close to my family and all of that. And, but for me, I would be doing this no matter the title. I was doing this no matter the title. I had a day job that paid my bills and this is what I want to do. I, you know, I believe, I believe not only in our potential, I believe in the transformation that I, that I think that we can make those of us that want to be on this journey. You know, the journey of bringing more tenderness into not just the workplace, into the world, you know, the dream where we can see people as equals rather than in a hierarchical system and in some kind of weird authority, which is fictitious anyway. It's like writing a check. It's just, just paper. Mm -hmm. So I can wax and wane a lot, but like, ultimately I want to, I, I, I do, and I want to continue creating places where people come to feel loved, period. Mm -hmm. yeah, what, a, what a transformational thought, right? And even on your website, like one of the main words on the front page is joy, Yeah, right? Joy. Right. I mean, right. what, what would a world look like if there was love, heart, and joy as the embodiment, you know, the very essence of? Mm -hmm. Well, we could sure concentrate on other things. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think, you know, one of the things some, someone asked me the other day, I get asked this question a lot, like what keeps you up at night and what, mm -hmm. what is the biggest challenge you have at work? And to be really honest, the biggest challenge I have is that I can't solve so social justice problems on my own. I don't have a solve for racism. I really wish I did. I really wish I did for a myriad of reasons. And you can imagine, you know, the one, two, and three, because it's right, because everyone, yes. you know, but like, I would like to be concentrating on other things, creativity, what we could do in collectives, you know, how we could raise our children, all of this stuff. So to answer your question, we could do a lot of things if we brought, if we had more heart and love and joy in this world. And the fact is, is let's be honest, we're all born into that for the most part. I believe that we have it at our core. Something happens, I, you know, I chose not to become a psychotherapist, so I can't exactly tell you what happens along the way. Um, but I do believe that we can get back there. Mm -hmm. 
And you're right, this kind of top down, we can't legislate it, we can't regulate it. You know, you can't put it in your policy manual at work and say, you know, we will be a joyful, optimistic organization, period. <laughs> or get out. <laughs> right. But, right. you know, yeah. but as leaders, though, I mean, not just business leaders, as you said, but leaders in the world, where do you think that individual impact could be made? What can one do? It's a phenomenal question. I'll give you, I'll give you my two cents there, $2 worth, is uh, we can continue to show up as vulnerable, authentic human beings. We can continue to or start to be real rather than be what's on our Instagram or be what we think, you know, Joni needs us to look like or what, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever Allure magazine is telling me to be like today, forget that. We can be vulnerable because that's actually a strength. It's a courage. We can say to, to you, hey, by the way, I got your back. I've been there. I know what that's like. You're safe with me. What a freaking concept that would be. You know, I, I love that. And, you know, as you're talking, what I'm thinking of is, you know, that self-awareness, that conscious leadership requires self-awareness. And then as soon as you call yourself self-aware, they say, please look again <laughs> in the mirror because there's stuff. So what has your own growth process been like, your own evolution along oh, the show? Because I'm sure you've had many learnings along the way. Yeah, many incarnations, like <laughs> many incarnations. I mean, I can start with being a kid, being dyslexic, feeling like I was a disappointment, you know, to working on actually being a disappointment, making that come true, which by the way, I was never a disappointment. I'm supposed to be an F up. Let me do that. And let me show you how bad I can. Uh, let me show you how good I could do. That. I can do that. Yeah, which a lot of us do in our adolescence. And then you know, I left, I left university after two years. I was in college. I got in on a waiting list. I mean, my self-esteem was yay big, even though I was, a, I was a great friend. I was a great athlete. And I went on a 93-day outward bound course when I was uh, 19 years old, which was a pivotal moment in my life, life-affirming for a, a zillion reasons, a zillion, zillion reasons, which I've spoken about, um, which was the first time I actually heard the terminology servant leadership. Now, today, I'm no longer using the word servant for obvious reasons, empathetic leader, which you both referred to. Um, and then, you know, I still made some bad decisions. I got involved with some, some people that wanted to steal my sunlight. Uh, I allowed that to happen to a point and, um, you know, needed to really figure my S-H-I-T out, why I was doing that, because I wasn't done proving that I could be an F-O, you know, until right around 28, until 28, 29, 30. And then, you know, I'm a late bloomer. And then I opened up again. And then I was like, all right, cool. I actually have built a body of, I have a body of evidence that shows me I'm a good person. I have a body of evidence that shows that I know how to build teams. I have a body of evidence that shows like I'm a good daughter, whatever else I needed to finally take that backpack off of being an FO. Cause that, I thought that was a badge of honor. There's nothing honorable about that. It only ruined me. It only ruined my, it only broke my parents' heart and it only hurt my heart, you know? And so then I went into the rebuild um, and, uh, you know, I got, I was in San Francisco when I was 28. I got introduced to the, the world of dot-com. I went in there. I chose not to get my MSW. Um, 
And then by 40, you know, I had, I had really created a very nice career for myself in advertising and a big advertising agency moved me to London and started my life there. And I've been back here for seven years, um, working for Gary and, you know, having a partner and about to have our second kid. And, you know, so, you know, I've, I've, I have had many renaissances. I have, I have risen from the ashes many times as we all do. We all have that opportunity to, we all, I don't care who you are. Every single person has the opportunity for renewal and rebirth. If you want to go spiritual, great. If you just want to take it at face value, those words, great, doesn't matter. Every single person deserves to bloom and every single person can bloom. That's so encouraging. And I think this, this twist on, you know, it's one thing to say, let's all be resilient as if just hang in there, but you're saying, keep your eye on the opportunity for that rebirth and that renaissance. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, if you don't catch it, then it's okay to look in the rear view mirror and be like, oh yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. I did that. Cool. Yes, indeed. Well, what a terrific conversation. And Claude, we want to make sure that the listeners know how to connect with you and follow your work and learn more about what you're doing. How can oh, we find you? Thank you so much. Uh, you can find me on my website, claudesilver.com. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, I would say. I love that community there. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram, uh, reach out. I, I, I really do get back to everyone that writes. Might take a couple minutes, but but I love hearing from people. I love knowing what people are about. When you know someone writes me and they're like, I'm just like you. I'm like, cool, just go be you. Mm -hmm. Don't be caught, go be you, <laughs> yes. Sally. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we all have our own potential. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't want to be Claude. Let me tell you, you don't want to be Claude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That story's been written. We're good. We're good. That's right. yeah. Well, Kirsten, what a fantastic conversation. Thanks for another great episode and congrats on our uh, 75th here. Yeah, that's so exciting. And Mark, what's going through my mind is, wow, Claude, you are the embodiment of IntelliKey, right? Yes. What it really looks like to express your full soul's potential moment to moment, like in the present moment. And that's really all we get is right here, right now. So <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you yes. very much for having me both. And all the best on the new and growing and expanding family. <laughs> yes. Let's thank talk, you. Let's talk about birth and potential. There it <laughs> yeah. is right in front of us. Let's go. Let's go. Well, yeah. it was a pleasure to meet you both. Thank yes. you. And thank uh, you. Enjoy, enjoy your, your wonderful land of Boise. Absolutely. And listeners, come back again for our next episode and all the ones going forward as we continue our conversations with IntelliKey leaders like Claude, as we explore not only how they work towards their own potential, but then also embrace and support and catalyze others to reach their potential as well. For Kirsten Goldie, I'm Mark Stenson. This has been IntelliKey Leadership Stories, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. On behalf of your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stinson, thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. If you like IntelliKey Leadership Stories, I want to tell you about another podcast I host called Unlocking Your World of Creativity. Each episode features an expert from somewhere around the globe 
that tells us about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and how they gain the confidence and connections to get their work out into the world. From singer-songwriters to entrepreneurs, on topics like data analytics to hotel management, we talk to experts from Milan and Oslo, Buenos Aires and Los Angeles, all over the globe to bring you the best ideas and inspiring your creative thinking. You can find Unlocking Your World of Creativity wherever you listen to podcasts.